Going to Hawaii when half of Australia was burning was a mistake. I don't hold a hose, mate. In the campaign preceding the Australian federal election of this past May, the opposition Australian Labour Party ran an attack ad, making sport of Prime Minister Scott Morrison's selective view of executive responsibility. Not making sure we had enough vaccines and rapid tests was a mistake. It's not a race, it's not a competition. The ad was, in truth, shabby, disingenuous and deceptively edited, which is to say it was an election season attack ad. It crested on a montage of Morrison saying, of a variety of scenarios and crises, that they weren't his job. That's not my job. That's not my job. It's not my job to do that. This was, and we will be making a great deal of fun of Scott Morrison very shortly, hang in there, actually a pretty reasonable thing for Morrison, or indeed any Prime Minister, to say. A Prime Minister is not supposed to be an omnipotent micromanager, and any voter who believes that a Prime Minister can solve all problems instantly by picking up a phone has barely progressed past absorbing the truth about Santa Claus. Wait, what? Later, Christy. But the ad was seeking to reinforce Force a narrative of Morrison as a shirker of responsibilities, a ducker of decisions, and it clearly did Labour no harm. Labour won, and Morrison resigned as leader of the Liberal Party. Usual footnote at this point, reminding that in Australia, where everything is famously upside down, the Liberals are in fact the Conservatives. Morrison conceded defeat, retreated to the backbenches, and contemplated obscurity. This week, however, Morrison finds himself very much back in the headlines. It has transpired that during the period Morrison was airily declaring that many things were not his job, a much greater number of things were his job than was generally appreciated. For reasons surpassing the understanding of, at last count, the entire Australian political and media class and the Australian population generally, while serving as Prime Minister, Morrison had Governor-General David Hurley swear him into five additional Cabinet portfolios. So as well as being Prime Minister, Morrison was also Joint Health, Finance, Treasury, Home Affairs and Industry Minister. And the long list of people not informed of this prolific multitasking included those of Morrison's cabinet colleagues who thought they were doing those jobs on their own, the senior civil servants who thought they were administering those departments, and Australia's intelligence services. Although to Morrison's minor credit, keeping something this significant from those guys is almost impressive. If this sounds like entirely baffling behaviour to you, draw consolation from the fact that you are scarcely alone in your bewilderment. Australia's new Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, spoke for, and indeed to, a nation when he said, if you work it out, let me know. I cannot conceive of the way that the government has functioned that have led to a point uh, whereby someone says, uh, I'm the Prime Minister... Of, uh, of Australia, I'd also like to be in charge of health, finance, treasury, home affairs, resources. When the story emerged, Morrison acknowledged appointing himself health, industry and finance minister. Upon the revelations that he'd also made himself the equivalent of the UK's Chancellor of the Exchequer and Home Secretary, Morrison claimed that these had slipped his mind. And in fairness, who among us has not concurrently held the second and third most powerful jobs in their country and forgotten all about it? Because they weren't at the same level as finance and health in managing that pandemic.
that is what I did in a crisis. Because frankly, I'd rather be having this conversation about what I did do to try and protect the Australian people. And if there are views that that overstepped the mark, happy to have that conversation. The fact that ministers were unaware of these things is actually proof of my lack of interference. There was no personal advantage to me as Prime Minister in doing any of these things. Morrison's line is that this was an extraordinary response to the extraordinary situation of the COVID-19 pandemic, enacted to ensure the operation of government should one or more ministers be felled by the virus. This makes, of course, no sense at all. Ministers resign or retire or are sacked or voted out or die reasonably frequently, and water continues to come out of the taps, and at any rate, why do it in secret? The first rule of Power Grab Club is don't talk about Power Grab Club. And Scott Morrison broke that rule today. Scott Morrison was evasive, he was defensive, he was passive-aggressive, and of course he was self-serving. But the other possible explanations are not heartening. Perhaps Morrison is one of those psychotically megalomaniacal and invariably delusional, if you want it done right, do it yourself types. Or maybe he'd formed such a low opinion of his cabinet colleagues, not without reason in a good few cases, that he just didn't trust them to do minister stuff unsupervised. Or and power does do funny things to people, it could be that Morrison simply lost the run of himself entirely and was spending lockdown conducting one-man cabinet meetings, changing seats or switching hats as he voted emphatically in favour of yet another brilliant decision. As for what happens now, nobody really knows, as nobody has ever heard of any such shenanigans. There are calls for Morrison to resign from Parliament, some from his own party. There are suggestions of parliamentary censure of some kind. What there mostly is, is a nation scratching its head. But there have been, in Australian history, previous examples of prime ministerial moonlighting. In 1972, after Gough Whitlam led Labour to electoral victory after 23 years in opposition, he divided all 27 cabinet portfolios between himself and Deputy Prime Minister Lance Barnard. But in a couple of crucial differences between this and Morrison's arrangement, this was only for a couple of weeks while the vote counting was finalised and Whitlam told everyone he was doing it. As secretively as Morrison, but much more amusingly, Alfred Deakin, a former journalist who served as Prime Minister three times in the early 20th century, maintained a side hustle as an unbylined correspondent for the Morning Post in London, filing commentaries on Australian politics which were occasionally briskly critical of the government he led. Perhaps and who knows, etc., we may yet discover that Morrison has been doing something similar, knocking out weekly contemplations of events for a London-based news outlet under a cunning pseudonym. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller. Or am I? Wait, Andrew, what was that thing you said earlier about Santa? Because if you know something that I don't, I really want to hear about it.